Hello, friends. God's Word is living and active. It is uh, applicable to our lives, even if it's just a personal letter written between Paul and Philemon. Today, it illustrates a different way to live, a different way to live as we're looking at our vocation, our callings in Christ in the world around us, and also a different way to live as we deal with one another, whether it be a parent, a child, or a husband and a wife. Let's join the worshipers on September 4th, 2022. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When was the last time you heard a sermon on the book of Philemon? Or read the book of Philemon? It's only one chapter. How come it doesn't get more airtime, so to speak, in our church circles or in our Christian lives? Maybe it's because it's got a taboo subject, slavery. Because of the country we're living in and our sordid past, we look back at first century with our 21st century glasses and we say, how can Paul and Philemon tolerate slavery? Now, I wish I could tell you that slavery was different back then. It was a little bit different in that you were a slave because of your economic situation or the political situation. You weren't just a slave because of your skin color. It was because your country was conquered by the Romans or you were down and out on your luck and you needed some way to provide for yourself or your family. A little bit different reasons why there were slaves. But I'm not going to tell you that all slaves were treated equally back in Roman days. And there wasn't mistreatment of individuals because essentially slavery means a person becomes a piece of property. And you can't tell me that you can treat all of your pieces of property with respect and dignity if you view it as your property. So it has a taboo subject. And it's personal. The Apostle Paul is writing to Philemon. It feels like we're invading in on someone's personal uh, dialogue between two people. But Philemon is a good book because it tells us and illustrates to us that Christianity is a different way. It's a different way in dealing with how we look at the world. We look at the world in terms of vocation. And it's different in how we deal with one another as Christians in their life of sanctification. So those are the two ways that we're going to talk about how Christianity is a different way using a little-known book called Philemon. Let's read from Philemon verses 1 and then 4 to 21. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love and faith that you have have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. I pray that this fellowship of your faith may become active in understanding every good thing that belongs to us in Christ. 
For I have received great joy and encouragement from your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. For that reason, even though I have plenty of boldness in Christ to order you to do what is proper, I'm appealing to you instead on the basis of love, just as I, Paul, am an old man and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I'm appealing to you on behalf of my child Onesimus. I became his father while I was in chains. There was a time when he was useless to you, and now he is useful both to you and to me. I have sent him, who is my very heart, back to you. Welcome him. I wanted to keep him with me so that he might serve me in your place while I am in chains for the gospel, but I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that your kindness would not be the result of compulsion, but of willingness. Perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a while, so that you would have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but as more than a slave, as a dear brother. He certainly is dear to me, but he is even more of a dear brother to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So, if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. And if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, have written this with my own hands. I will repay it, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Yes, brother, I'm asking for a favor from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. This is God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Direct us now, gracious Lord, to hear aright your holy word. Assist your minister to preach and let the Holy Spirit teach. And let eternal life be found by all who hear the gospel sound. Amen. The book of Philemon is, should be probably a little bit closer to Colossians because it's, thematically they're, very, they're a partner. The book of Colossians and the book of Philemon. Philemon was a member of the church in Colossians. Colossae, I should say. Now where is Colossae? Colossae is in modern-day Turkey, about 100 miles away from Ephesus, which was where... It was like the hub of a wheel. The Apostle Paul was in Ephesus, that's the big trading town, and then people went from Ephesus to the surrounding areas. Paul sent out pastors even into the surrounding areas, and uh, they founded churches in those cities in the area, such as the city of Colossae. So the Apostle Paul has never been to Colossae, never met Philemon, but he's writing him a letter on behalf of a slave called and named Onesimus. Onesimus, it's kind of neat because he uses a play on words here. Onesimus means useful. And Onesimus' story, Onesimus' story from Philemon is that somehow he, for some reason, he ran away from home. He was not a Christian. Philemon was a Christian. Philemon actually was wealthy enough that his home was big enough for the church in Colossae to meet inside that home. So they didn't have a church building. It was meeting inside somebody's home, Philemon's home. Onesimus was one of his slaves, an unbeliever. He runs away from home. He heads to Rome. You would think you would imagine Rome being this sprawling metropolis. You can get lost there if you're trying to start a new life Rome might be the place to go. Onesimus did find a new life. 
but it wasn't a new life he was expecting. Somehow he met up with the, the Apostle Paul. Paul shared with him the gospel, and Onesimus, like Christians have done for hundreds of years, have said, you've shared the gospel with me. How can I, in turn, help you? Congregation do that, right? Pastors share the gospel with them, and they, in turn, support the pastor. Members share what they have with their pastor because... He's their pastor who shares the gospel with them. It's what Christians have been doing because they're led by the Spirit of God to do so. So that's Onesimus. He does the same thing to Paul, and Paul even calls him his child. The same way that he calls Timothy, a pastor, his child. Or Titus, a middle-aged pastor, his child. This is a family that Paul sees happening, forming because of the gospel. Onesimus is not serving Paul as a servant or a slave, but out of his own free will, wanting to return back to Paul for this marvelous gift of receiving the gospel. Now, in that relationship, Paul eventually tells Onesimus, you got to do a hard thing. You have to go back to your vocation. You have to go back to being a slave under Philemon. You have to go back and ask for his forgiveness for whatever it is you did. Maybe he stole money. Philemon, uh, Paul seems to insinuate that Onesimus stole something from him, from Philemon. You've got to do the hard thing, Philemon. You've got to do the hard thing. I'm getting my names mixed up. You've got to do the hard things, Onesimus. Go back to your vocation. Now, what is, if you're not familiar with that term, vocation, calling, I encourage you to go back home, open up your catechism, whatever color it is, blue, tan, red, open it up to something called the table of duties. In there, it references the different callings that you have. As a Christian, God has put you in the world to be his hands, to serve him by serving others, to show him to others in how you serve them. So probably the easiest example is an employee relationship. It doesn't matter what your job is, whether it's a pastor, whether it's you're working at Quick Trip, you are serving the Lord, you are his hands in that job, you are serving him, he will somehow use you, that is your calling to be there in that job so that he would be revealed to those around you. Another calling might be a parent and a child relationship. You're called to be a parent of a child that, that God has put into your care, into your home. You are to be God's hands, that they would see the Lord through how you treat that child, by the words that you say. Children, you have a calling. You are God's hands as you are demonstrating to your parents God's love for you as you show that unconditional love to them. Husbands and wives, you've got callings. That's a calling, being a husband, being a wife. So the table of duties has a whole list of those things, plus Bible passages that give you guidance. When Paul is writing to Philemon, 
The question we have to ask ourselves is, if we were Paul, what would we say? We wouldn't need 22 verses, would we? We would just say, I'm Paul, an apostle of God. Take Onesimus back, period. That's all we would have to say, right? We're Paul, we're the apostle. But Paul doesn't do that. You notice how much care he takes in talking with Philemon, addressing him as a fellow brother in Christ. Look at verse 9. He says, I'm appealing to you instead on the basis of love, just as I, Paul, am an old man and now a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I am appealing to you on behalf of my child Onesimus. So he addresses Philemon in terms of his calling. You are Onesimus' master. That is your calling. Take him back. But more than that, remember your calling as a Christian to forgive Onesimus for whatever it is that he did. To take him back, not as a slave, but now also your brother in Christ. That this relationship has now changed. It's different now because Jesus is in it. Yes, you have that vocation of master and slave, but you are brothers in Christ of the same family. That's going to change that dynamic, wouldn't you say? It's a different way. Paul is addressing Philemon and advocating for us also to consider. Let me give you a very practical example of this. Last Friday... My son's football game. I'm standing there hobnobbing with other dads of kids who are on the football team. And some of the dads are saying, are watching their own son so that they can give their son encouragement afterwards. I saw you did this really good block here. Or you could have done, you know, you shouldn't have grabbed the linebacker like that because you know the linebacker is smaller and the referee is right there and he'll call you on holding on that every time. Those kinds of things. That's in their calling as a father to encourage their son. But what else were the fathers talking about? Well, if I was the coach, I would call this play. I can't believe the coach is so stupid. Outside of calling. You and I are called to different areas to be God's hands, to be his face, to be his mouth, to people around us, to our callings. Don't step outside of your calling. That's hard to do because people are stupid and we are so smart. Yeah, Paul could have just said, I'm smart, take him back, follow me. But instead, he addresses Philemon as his brother in Christ, reminds Philemon of his calling as a master, but then encouraging him and saying, your relationship with Onesimus is now different because of Christ. 
Another thing that we see a, a different way is why we do what we do. Why do we live the way that we do? Why, do we, why are we kind and compassionate to someone else? How do we encourage, as parents, how do we encourage our children? How are we as teachers, how are we to, as Christian teachers, engaged with others around us? I suppose that's, uh, this is really only in a Christian setting. How are we as Christian Sunday school teachers, there we go, Sunday school teachers to encourage kids around us? And that is this wonderful way of, of giving people guidance, which is what Paul does to Philemon, take him back, forgive him, uh, do even more than that, but he, does, he leaves it vague. He reminds Philemon who he is in Christ, and then he empowers him by that declaration of who he is in Christ. Look at that in verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love and your faith that, I have, that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. I pray that this fellowship of your faith may become active in understanding every good thing that belongs to us in Christ. For I have received great joy and encouragement from your love because of the hearts of saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Paul reminds Philemon, what he has because of Christ. Who he is because of Christ. A brother, yes, but someone who has love, and we know, understand that love as to be that unselfish love, the love that looks for the best interest of those around us. It's not just a touchy-feely love, but it wants what's best for someone else. This is what Philemon had because of Christ. This is who he is because of Christ. And as parents, when we talk to our children, yes, we should tell them, this is how you're supposed to behave as a child of God. But don't forget to tell them why. You're a child of God. You are dearly loved. You are forgiven in Jesus. You are special because he died for you. He wants you to be in heaven. We forget that part. We like the law. We like to tell them this, do this, do that, do this. We forget who they are. And we need to declare that to them. As pastors declare that to us, as Paul declared it to Philemon, this is who you are, Philemon. Dearly loved. A person who is filled with sin but yet now has been forgiven because of Christ. Who has a righteousness that isn't theirs, that's outside of them, that's given to them in Jesus. A righteousness that is patient and kind, forgiving, self-sacrificing, self-disciplined. This is you because of Christ. It is yours. a different way to live. When we remember our callings in Christ, when we remember how it is we are motivated to live in Christ. This is illustrated to us in the book of Philemon, which reminds us that as Christians, we're living in this world, but we have a different way to live. 
As we look around us, we look around us in terms of our calling. What has God called us to do? How can we be his hands and his mouth and his, and, um, his, his, his heart in this world? But also a reminder, why do we live the way that we do? Why do we, why do we live differently than the people around us? Because of who you are in Christ, a redeemed child of God. Loved by him, a recipient of heaven. Amen.